God wants to take you to another level. The Reluctant King, Part 6. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because, brother, you need the Word. And today, if I am looking a little rougher than normal, this is the way I walked into the church. And let me tell you how this normally goes. Lucretia picks out the clothes that I wear, shirt, pants, belt, shoes. So when I come up here, I'm usually well coordinated, but I ran late this morning because as George and I were heading to church this morning, I had the top down in my car and I noticed I was hearing a clicking noise on the wheel. Got on the expressway and then the tire pressure light came on and then the car started to weave a little bit. I said, George, this tire is flat. Fortunately, I have what's called run flats on my car because I've got this little bitty two-seater convertible. It doesn't have a spare, so I put run flats on it, which means it'll go about 50 or 60 miles on a flat tire, but I knew if the tire was going flat by the time it got to those 50 miles, the tire would be shredded. So I had to turn around and slowly go back home and get my other car. So I was very late getting to church this morning. By the time I got to church, the barber was gone And I didn't have time enough to change into the clothes Lucretia had picked out for me. So I am here today just as I am. This is me. So don't blame Lucretia. Say, he's not even coordinated this. This is me. And many of you know my natural nature. I'm not a slave to fashion. As a matter of fact, most of the time you'll see me, I got on the same clothes. Now, not the same clothes, but they're the same style. I wear a black shirt. Black cargo pants. I've got probably 20-something pairs of identical cargo pants and 20-some pairs of the identical shirt, the identical shoes. I don't waste time trying to figure out what I'm going to wear every morning. I put on the same thing. It's clean. It's comfortable. And I don't spend the time figuring out what do I have to wear this morning? What do I have to coordinate? I wear the same thing 90% of the time. So today, this is me. And today I want to talk to you like Jesus talked to you. Most of Jesus' teachings were actually in a parabolic form. He taught by parables. He taught by stories. And he would often say like or as this. And he would give examples of the kingdom of heaven. And he would teach by using things that people were familiar with. So today I'm actually going to tell you a story about yesterday, and it has a spiritual significance, and it is what God has led me to teach because I had something all different prepared for today, but this is what is meant for some of you today. And actually, the title of this message is called The Reluctant King, Part 6. I preached a five-part series called The Reluctant King years ago. And I had to go back and listen between last night and this morning, all five of those, because it still applies to me. And that's why when the song was sung this morning of waiting on me, I thank God for waiting on the reluctant king. And I remember when I preached that sermon years ago, God spoke and said, there are others in this congregation who I want to take to another level, but they're reluctant to go. 
And I got a feeling the same folk years ago are still not sitting in the throne place where God has for you right now. And just as I am, so are you. And God has waited on us for so long. And God wants to elevate you and take you to a different level. But too often, you know, the brain literally creates grooves in our cerebellum and hypothalamus, in our gray matter. It literally creates grooves when we get in patterns and habits. There's a groove that you can actually measure in the brain. It creates lines, what we call ruts. And it literally creates ruts. And once you're in a rut, do you know it's hard to get folk out of a rut? The rut literally causes a pathway or a roadway in your actual brain, and it's hard to change. And God has been telling me for the longest, study the reluctant king. That's where the series came. I'm trying to take you to another level, but you're like Saul. You're comfortable where you are. And you don't want to go where I'm trying to take you because sometimes comfort is the worst thing in the world to elevation because we're comfortable where we are. But where we are is not where God wants us to be. So let me tell you a story. I came back from out of town yesterday. I actually left on Tuesday evening. I went to Panama City Beach. I travel a lot now because I'm changing my work world. I'm never going to retire, but I am going to restructure how I do things. In a few months, I'm going to a Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday work week. I get a whole lot done in those three days. I'm going to work Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. Rest of the week, I'm going to be off. I plan on living to 116. At 115, I'm still going to be working Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday. But I'm going to be taking the rest of the time off. So I've restructured how I'm going to do things. So I told my wife, and I call her now my good baby. You know, I change her name every now and then. And I've been doing that for months now. And I call her, I said, how my good baby doing? And she said, what do you mean good? I said, sweetheart, you're a good woman. You're just a real, real, real good woman. And she'd be like, why you just, and that's what I call her. When I, hey, 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 good baby. And that's what I call her. I call her just my good baby. So I told my good baby that I was going to Panama City. And she said, she said, do you want to drive my Tesla? And I said, huh? I said, you going to let me drive your Tesla again? See, the reason that my good baby was reluctant before to let me drive her Tesla is because when I drove her Tesla in the past, the last time I drove my good baby's Tesla to Florida, on my way back, the Tesla has this feature called an autopilot, and it really drives itself. So the Tesla was driving itself. My oldest son was with me at the time. We were coming back from Florida, and we were in this little town. It was going around a curve. The Tesla was driving, and I noticed all of a sudden the Tesla just started veering to the left, and it ran up on the curve. I had to grab it. It ran on the curve. So when I got back, I told my good baby, I said, sweetheart, I said, your tire is scuffed because the Tesla hit. She said, what? She went out there and looked. Sure enough, there's this big scuff along all of the rim on my baby's brand new Tesla. So my baby kind of sucked that up and did look at me with a little bit of an eye. And so then James and I, we went to a business meeting. I wanted to show James how the autopilot worked. And I brought James back home, dropped him off up at his garage. James got this garage that goes way up a hill and turns around. So I was coming out of his driveway in my good baby's car and ran up on the curb and hit the other tire. So... When I brought the car back again, now my good baby's got two scuffed tires on her brand new Tesla. 
So this has been a couple of years ago. And, and so my baby said, look, you can use my car because I know how you like that auto drive. You got a long drive back. Bag. You see, you're going by yourself. You can use my car. She said, but do not. <laughs> she said, do not scuff up my tires and bend my rims up. Do not scuff up my tires. I said, sweetheart, you ain't got to worry about that. I said, first of all, the first time it happened, it wasn't even my fault. It was the Tesla that drove into that. And the second time, Jane got this real twisted driveway that I was coming out of. So, sweetheart, that is not going to happen. You don't have to worry about me scuffing up your tire. So anyway, I had made a reservation. Now, the company that James and I run, God has taken the company to a whole nother level. When the pandemic hit, and I've told you this before, we couldn't even understand how sales were just going through the roof. No one could explain it. But so far this year, we are 25% ahead of where we were last year. And last year was a record year. So I have hit my income limit. We got, to be honest about it, all this money in the bank. We're doing phenomenal. And God's been trying to tell me, I'm trying to take you to another level. He had me join a travel program last year. It's, it's ending this month. But it was a travel program. It's real expensive. But it allowed me to go to hotels and resorts that were just on another five-star level. And I said, look, I don't want to stay a member of that program because it's expensive and it's too limiting because I have to go where their places are and sometimes the dates are not available. He said, look, you can stop the program, but you have to spend the same amount of money that you're spending on this program just on your lodging wherever you travel. I said, that's good enough deal. I can deal with that. So I'm getting ready to go to Florida. I'm looking at the hotels, and they're expensive. And then here goes, didn't I tell you? See, it's hard to get out of these ruts. And it is good to be economical, but you got to do what God tells you to do. See, it's nothing wrong with being frugal, but you got to do what God tells you. I'm trying to take you to another level. And you've been so budget-minded all of your life, You don't spend on a lot of extravagant stuff. I'm trying to take you to another level, but you won't listen to me. You still got these ruts in your brain about the old you and the old level and where you used to be and what you used to have. I'm taking you to a whole new level. So I found a hotel, hotel about $175, $200 a night, but that was a room that was facing the city. I liked the ocean. And I looked at the ocean room, the ocean room, almost $300 a night. And I hear God says, I'm trying to take you to. I said, all right, I got it. So anyway, I book this ocean room. Now, God has been taking me to another level, not just in myself, but how I treat other people. He said, I want you to take your tipping to another level. See, Elijah knows when he travels with me sometimes, I tip really, really big. He said, God says, I want to take you to another level, even with how you treat people. You're not just going to be a point of where you're blessed. I want you to be a blessing everywhere you go. So he's taken my tipping to a level of where I tip what the meal cost. So if the meal costs $25, I tip $25. If the meal costs $50, I tip $50. Our last trip that we were on, and my youngest son was with me, and Ringo was with me. And we had a meal, and the meal was about $80. I tipped $80. And when I got ready to leave, the waiter was standing outside waiting on He said, man, you just don't know what you did. You don't know what this did to change my world. You just don't understand. God always understands. And see, this is the problem. 
Many of us want to be taken to another level, but we don't want to fully follow what God has told us to do. We just want it all for us. There is a truth in, Lord, I want you to make me a blessing, not just bless me, make me a blessing. So here I was, and I'm dealing with these ruts of old behavior, of old habits, that's taking a whole lot to get out of. I went to the movie, and I have a, an AMC pass and a Regal pass where I can go to those and I just pay one fairly low monthly fee. See all the movies I want to see. Well, anyway, Panama City doesn't have an AMC. They don't have a Regal, so I had to pay for it straight. And I was talking to James, and I said, I realized I was trying to look at the schedules because they had an IMAX, and the IMAX real expensive. I didn't want to pay $17 when I can go to the movie for $10. And God said, I'm trying to take you, boy, to another level. But these ruts of what we used to do, and see, that's why, and I've told you this before, that's why black folks still like chitlins. Because there was a point where all we could afford and all we had was chitlins. And, and when you get free, when you get to the point where now you cannot eat all this mess that kills you, you still want chitlins and the stuff smells so bad, it tastes so bad, you got to cover it up with hot sauce so you don't even taste what is really there. So God says, I'm trying to take you to another level and here you are still fussing and complaining and reluctant about paying an extra five or six dollars to go to the movies and you will adjust your whole schedule to avoid paying for this IMAX. And I had to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Thank you, Lord, for waiting on me. And I try to readjust my mind from that which was lower to that which is higher. And there's nothing wrong with living on this low because I enjoyed everything I had. I enjoyed it. But God is trying to move me to another level. Just as he is trying to move some of you to think on another level with some of you with all this stuff, you deserve more and God wants you to have more. And it's not just in money. See, money is just something that people can understand easy. But God is trying to take me to another level in every single area of my life. He's trying to take my body to another level. Pastor, your body already in good shape. It's not where God wants it to be. And that's where you mess up when you compare yourself to other folks. You got nothing to do with that. It's not where God wants me to be. He's trying to take my body to another level. He's trying to take my money to another level. He's trying to take my spirit to another level. He's trying to take everything in my world to another level. But sometimes we're comfortable where we are. I'm in good enough shape already. God's trying to take you to another level. And because we are comfortable, we don't want to move. So here I am and finally got my oceanfront room, enjoyed everything. I get ready to go. And God says... I want you to change now how you tip the maid. He said, I want you to leave as a tip for the maid what the room costs for one night. And I'm looking at my bill. I said, Lord, this room $300. This room $300. And I hear God speak. Can you imagine what this will do for the maid? See, we think about us. Now, God has given you the provision. And where our mind is, is always in a self-centered mentality. They're going to call me $300. I never left a three. You crazy? A $300 tip for a maid? And my room was clean. I could see it if I just left junk splattered all over where they got to come in there and shampoo. And a, no, no, no. The only thing my room had in it was that she going to need to change the sheets. And I left my towels all in a nice little pile. Everything else just as clean as it can be. I said, she doesn't even have any work to do in my room. 
and you want me to leave how much? Sometimes when God gives you an instruction, it goes so against what you have been used to. But when God instructs you, whatever God tells you to do, he always makes a way for this thing. So I don't see what happened when I disobey. So I go into my wallet. I count out 15 $20 bills, put them on the desk, and I write the little lady a note to make sure she understands this is a tip. Because she may have thought with that kind of money. Sometimes people think you done made a mistake. When I started going to the tipping with the meal cost, I had a couple, you sure you got this right? I said, yeah, it's right. Because they think it's a mistake. So I made sure the maid understood that it was not a mistake. And I told my good baby, I said, sweetie, I'm getting ready to head home. She said, I'll see you when I get here. She said, but do not scrape up my tires. I said, sweetie, I am not going to. You need to stop telling me. You, I said, look, you need to let that go. I told my good man, I said, you need to let that go. That's been a couple of years ago. You need to let that go. So I get in the car, I'm heading back. I get in Dothan, which is a city in Alabama on the way back from Florida. First of all, when I'm traveling, I go by the same curve that I went by a couple of years ago. And I took my hands. I said, let me see if this car is going to navigate this curve this time. So I'm going to grab it. If it go to me, I'm going to grab it. It just went around the curve just as smooth as it can be. I said, now, why did it mess up two years ago? And it may have been because I actually, the Tesla has cameras all around. You can actually pull the recordings. I pulled the recording from that event. I sent it to Tesla. I said, y'all car messed up. The engineers need to fix it. And that's a good advantage of what's called artificial intelligence. Artificial intelligence usually only makes a mistake once. A human will make a mistake over and over and over and over. With artificial intelligence, if you program that into the system, it won't do that again. I wish humans were like that. I wish I was like that. I mean, I make sometimes the same mistake over and over and over again. It's the way the children of Israel would. And we go through this stuff over. I was about to make a business decision the other day. and I caught myself. I said, I know better than this. I have done this thing over and over and over and over. I'm getting ready to make the same mistake all over again. So the Tesla this time drove around that curve with no problems whatsoever. When I got to Dothan, there's this little bitty African-American run fish place. So I stopped in and I ordered me a filet of fish. And the lady said that will be $12.08. And I went in my wallet and I only had a five and three ones. I said, Lord, you done had me give this maid $300, and I didn't have but $308. I didn't realize I had given the lady virtually all of the money I had in my wallet. See, I saw a little stack of bills left. I didn't realize it was one five and three ones. <laughs> so when, I, when the lady said $12.08, I had to pull out my credit card, but what I was scared of, I didn't see the little card reader on the counter. And, you know, it wasn't the fanciest restaurant in the world. I wasn't sure they took credit cards. And if the lady had said, we don't take credit cards, I was going to have to say, I'm sorry, but you probably won't believe this, but I left a $300 tip in the hotel room. (laughs) I doubt if she would have believed that at all. So when I gave her my card, they had to swipe her on the other side of the register. She swiped my card, printed out my ticket. They had to place the tip. So it was $12.08. So I left a tip for $12.92, which is 
which was a $25 total bill. And then I said to myself, once I got my food, I got to go and get me some more money because I don't have $8 here in my wallet. So I put in, in the phone, the nearest bank with the ATM. It was actually on the way. So it was a Wells Fargo. So I drove by, drove into the Wells Fargo. They had three lanes, but none of the lanes, and it was a Saturday, so the bank was closed. I was just looking for the ATM. I drove up to the three lanes. None of the three lanes had an ATM. They were all these pneumatic chutes where you just put your stuff in, it goes up the tube. And so none of them, I said, well, where in the world is the ATM? And then I saw a car around the corner, putting, and they walked into the front. I said, evidently, it's inside of the building. So I drove through the lane, and then I turned to the left to go inside of the building. And then the car said, whoop! I said... And then I realized they had these, you know, lanes and it was a piece of concrete right there. So the car, when the car did this, I said, you have got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. So I went in and got my money, came back out. I didn't even want to look at it. I said, let me look at this time. I looked at the time. Sure enough, there was a scuff mark. Right there on the other tire. So now my good baby has three tires that are scuffed up. I said, Lord, you have got to be kidding me. I hear, first of all, done what you told me to do. You knew I didn't have that. You knew that was going to take virtually all the money I had in my wallet. I was going to have to come by here. You knew this bank did not have an ATM in the driveway like most of the other banks do. You knew I wasn't going to see this thing. I done run through here and I done freaked up my good babies all the time. So sometimes when you are doing what God has told you to do, stuff still don't go right. And you don't understand this. You don't understand why I'm in God's will. I'm doing what God, how can I possibly have scraped up this other tie and I'm doing what God has told me to do? God doesn't explain all this. And see, I told you this morning, on the way to church, I heard a noise in the tire. The light came on. The tire went flat. It was the same tire on my wife's Tesla that got the new scrape on it. On my way to church, tire goes flat. After doing what God has told me to do, scrape the tire. Sometimes God will just do things to test your spirit. But this is what I want you to understand. All of that stuff is minor. So, sweetheart, she's probably looking at me on TV, right? The scrape on your tire, that's mine. That's mine. That's no big deal. That's mine. And see... God will take us through some things. And sometimes there will be these minor things. And see, we've got to look at the good baby. And the more I call my sweetheart the good baby, the more good I see in her. I see all of the blessings, all of the beauty, all of the positives. And my baby told me about five or six times, do not (laughs) scrape up my tire. It is the power of what we speak. So are we speaking? My good baby. And sometimes if you speak some things, there is a power. Sweetheart, if you hadn't told me about not scraping up that tie, I don't think I'd have hit that bump and I don't think I'd have scraped up that tie. 
So sometimes the power of what we speak changes what happens. It has a force with it. So we got to understand this. And I believe just as God is trying to take me to another level, so he's trying to take you. But you have to be obedient to where God wants you to go. And I think in every area of our lives, see, there's an anointing that flows down. And God has just, he's just blessed so many areas. And I think this stuff wants to flow to you. I told you when I talked about the sealing of the ark, just as with my company, we could not understand where are all these orders? Where is all this money coming from? How are we so blessed in the middle of a pandemic? How is this happening? How is this impossible? See, there are some things that God can do. You cannot explain. How is this even possible? The same thing happened in the church. Our money just goes through. We're just sitting there. Where is it coming from? How is this even possible? We deal with a God of the impossible. We deal with a God without limits. But all we have to do is we have to be in obedience and you cannot let the minor scrapes of life deter, because there will always be some scrapes. People look at the good side of everything. Even if I only had $8 left in my wallet, I could go to the ATM and get some more out. Even if my wife, my good baby's car has a scrape now on three wheels, if she really wants to go get those wheels replaced, she can. But I wouldn't even recommend you do that because I might borrow it again and I might scrape the fourth. <laughs> God wants to take you to another level. Five of those messages from the reluctant king. And each one of them ministered to me. And it has got me refired up in all of the areas where God wants to take me. And I believe that same anointing is going to flow over you. But you've got to get it in your mind. You've got to get it in your head. You've got to get these ruts out of the brain of where we've got these old habits that have formed. And these old habits, they keep us locked in and they make us think this is the way it should be. No, it's not. And even when it is good, it often is not great. And it is not where God wants you to be. There are times when living in the valley is fine. But there are times he wants you on the mountaintop. And just as he told me years ago, there are others within the sound of your voice who are reluctant kings and reluctant queens. And I am trying to take them to another level. I'm trying to let them watch the movie on an IMAX, but they just want to see it on the little screen. I am trying to take them to an ocean side room. And actually, the man asked me when I got there, he said, do you want a low floor or a high floor? I said, put me on the highest floor you got. I was on the absolute top floor of the hotel. Sometimes the words that you speak, they have a power. Y'all stop speaking brokenness. Stop speaking struggle. Stop speaking lack. Start speaking what God is going to do and what God has done in your world. And it'll start changing what manifests in your world. And God wants to make you people where you become the blessing. And I can see now everywhere I go, God wants me to leave a mark and a blessing and change lives. Christians, to be honest about it, have a bad reputation with tipping. I read a travel article once and it was one of the porters talking about they hate to hear when somebody says be blessed. Because whenever they hear be blessed, it means they ain't going to get much of a tip. <laughs> we need to be 
where we are shining in all areas of life. And where they say when the Christians come, oh, the Christians bless us in every level. So God wants to take you in the same manner that he wants to take me. Stop worrying about the scrapes. Stop worrying about the giving that you really need to do. Because he doesn't just bless you just for you. He's going to bless you so that you become a blessing. And the problem is, when the blessing increased tremendously, I didn't have the mentality to increase me being a blessing tremendously. How can you get from God with a fire hose and you give out with a teaspoon? God wants to take your giving to another level. And I'm not talking about giving to the church. See, you need to be in covenant with the church, but even when you leave here, everywhere you're around, and people, it doesn't need to be money. It doesn't need to be money. You can give just with a word. You can give just with a word. You can tell someone how they're looking, someone how they're sounding. You can tell someone what a benefit they've been to you. You can tell someone with just a compliment that's worth more than all kinds of money. And you've got the power to do that. We want to be complimented. We want to be told how great we are. We want to be told how good we're looking. Become the blessing. Become a fire hose of blessing. Become a blessing that's so strong, folk can't even believe it. They can't even believe it. And when you can move in the wave of God's blessing, he can put more and more and more into your life. And he'll change you and you will change all that you touch. We're reluctant kings and queens. And God wants us in another level in every single area of our life. When you start changing one area, it affects the other. It'll affect you. It'll affect your good baby. It'll affect your children. It'll affect your job. It'll affect everything. When you start changing and move. And thank goodness God has waited on us. I thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word. You can go to brothersoftheword.com and you can listen not just to this message, but you can listen to the entire series called The Reluctant King. Today is part six, but I strongly advise you to go to brothersoftheword.com and listen to the first five parts of this message because you are reluctant kings and reluctant queens. Thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the word. Amen, 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 amen. We still have 19 minutes left before the end of service. And I'm going to ask my brother James to comment. George rode to church with me today and he just he was doing some deep talking. So I'm, I'm going to ask George to come even after James and just have a few words. He's getting ready to go to another level and there's a project that he's begun and and as we were talking about the project a couple of days ago, he said, Daddy, he said, you prophesied this on me. I said, what? He said, yeah, you told me when I was in the Harvard debate competition and I, I came in 12th in the world. But he said, um, you told me that there was going to be an opportunity that would come within 90 days. And it would be because of my preparation in the Harvard program, this opportunity, I'd be able to take full advantage of it. And he said, oh, 90 days is going to be up in about two weeks. So what you spoke has come to pass. God wants to take all of us to just a whole nother level. Get up and move and go where God wants you to go. You're reluctant kings and reluctant queens. And George in particular, it was prophesied on him. 
So that's why you all had to move into a mansion. Because he's a king. And he had to be born in a mansion. Some of you all are born for great destiny. You don't need a mansion to accomplish that. You can do it right from where you are. But you're born for a destiny. Amen. We thank Pastor for telling us about all of his travels and situations. And we pray Pudding won't take it out too bad on it when he get home. So. <laughs> At least we know for sure there's no way he can scrape up that fourth tire. <laughs> Amen. Well, with heads bowed for just a minute, there's anybody in this place and you've heard the story of the reluctant king and If any of you have been reluctant to come to the king to declare him the king of your life and you've heard this message today and you say, I don't want to be reluctant anymore. I want to do what he's called me to do. I want to do what I felt in my heart to do. You just want to commit or recommit today your hearts unto the king of kings to say, I'm going to follow you, king. I'm going to do what you've led me to do, king. Just come to the altar right now and we'll pray with you. Back after I'd left the restaurant, I stopped at another place and I parked my good baby's Tesla. I went inside and I came out. The car wasn't there. I looked, I said, I know it was a three park, three spaces. And I said, I know I parked right here. It's gone. And I'd had a car stolen before, so I knew what the feeling was like. I said, oh my goodness, not only have I scraped my baby's car, my baby whole car gone. And I kept walking. Right to the other side, there was a tree blocking it. It was actually the three parking spaces right to the right. And there was my good baby's Tesla. And it changed my whole point of view. And it went from a car scrape to the whole car being gone. So now when I had the car back, that car scrape looked really, really small. (laughs) The things that you are dealing with, when you look at it in totality, it's really, really small. Amen, amen. And even in life, you know, you may have some scrapes, some bumps, some bruises on you, but you're still here. You're still here. We thank God for you and thank God for your lives. You'll just repeat after me. Heavenly Father, my King, I declare with my mouth and believe in my heart that Jesus is Lord. My King, I submit myself unto you. I submit my will unto your will. I don't want to be reluctant anymore. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to go where you've called me to go. I want to say what you've called me to say. I want to bless Bless. Who you've called me to bless. Who you've called me to bless. In Jesus' name. In Jesus name.
Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just stretch your hands toward these. Let's just say a prayer over these five. Lord, we just thank you for these five that have come today, oh Lord, to just to leave the spirit of reluctancy at the altar, oh Father. I pray, oh Lord, that you'll help them, oh Father. That when the struggle comes, oh Lord, that you'll remind them of this prayer, this commitment, oh Lord, this message today, oh Lord. And I pray, oh Lord, that you'll bless their lives all the more, oh Lord, that they'll be able to go where you've shown them, oh Father, that they can go, oh Lord. Places, oh Lord, that only you can take them, oh Father, that to do things that they can't do in the natural, oh Lord, that people will look at their lives that know it's only God that brought them here, oh Lord, that family members will look at them and say only God could have done with them what has happened, oh Lord. And we pray, oh Lord, that as you bless them, oh Father, that they'll not forget what caused the blessing, oh Lord, that they'll not forget who put the blessing in their hands, oh Father. We thank you, Father. That there will be a blessing unto others, O oh Lord. Not just in money, O oh Lord, but in wisdom, in knowledge, O oh Lord. That they'll give back the lessons that they learned, O oh Father. That you'll use the bruises and the scars that are placed upon them, O oh Lord, to protect others from getting more damage upon them, O oh Father. Thank you, Lord, for their lives. For their submission unto you, O oh Lord. And we thank you for just being such a good king, O oh Thank you for waiting on us, O Lord. Thank you for being patient with us, O Lord. For being merciful unto us, O Lord. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen, amen. All right, I'm going to ask Reverend George to come at this time. Ruts definitely have very real results. And this morning I had a dream. And it showcased a rut that I found myself in, and that comes to energy involving other people. In this portion of a dream, I communicated with two different groups of people in two very different ways. One was cold indifference, or basically a blank slate. I didn't react with energy. I hardly reacted at all. And the other, I was energetic. I was loving. I was connecting with them. In the same dream, I needed to interview these people. The people that I was cold and indifferent to returned the Whenever I asked them questions, they were blank. They hardly responded at all. Yet I knew they were very capable of answering because I was at an intellectual institution. Yet they were returning the energy which I had given to them. A rut I may have found myself in in the past. A rut of indifference, of coldness, of not smiling at somebody when I greet them, of not entering a conversation with a hello, but, uh, hello. (laughs) Just getting by. And then there was the other group. The people that I interacted with, with love, with connection, with the smile. And they returned the same thing. They interacted in the interview. They went above what was even asked of them. And that's a whole different rut to be in. A rut of strong connection and of loving wherever we go. Because we don't know whenever we'll need to interview somebody or get something from them. Hopefully we'll never need to ask somebody for something from them. But when we do, if we gave them coldness, 
if we didn't show a smile, if we were negative, pessimistic instead of optimistic, we may just receive that in return. But whenever we instill a rut within our actions to other people of loving, kindness, of joy, of optimism, well, people will remember that. Because as Maya Angelou once said, people may not remember what you told them, but they'll remember how you made them feel. People may not remember what you said, but they'll remember how you say it. People may not remember what the conversation was about, but they'll remember that you started it with a smile, that you started it with a hello. So I want to tell you today that going on, it's not just about money. But it's about love, it's about the energy that you carry. It's not just about the words that you speak, but also how you say them. So instill a rut of love, because that will make it a whole lot easier for people to love you too. Thank you. Amen. And I'm going to ask our very good friend, Pastor Hoke Smith, to come and just give us our benediction. Amen. This is for those of you all who don't know him. This is who used to take us around the world and travel to Greece and all over in Egypt. Amen. 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 So glad to have him here. Always good to see him. And we just pray God's blessings upon you and your family. Amen. Everybody say amen. This has been such a wonderful experience of worship. There's nothing like corporate worship, and I'm so glad to be here. 33 years of pastoring in my church, and I retired uh, this past August. And it's such a wonderful experience because our spirits are knitted together. I hope I don't take too much time. Last week I came and I wanted to finish the forgiveness and you didn't do that. But let me tell you what you did. You know, I told you we talked about that in our Bible session. Leaving out and I sort of kind of trying to help prep them in preparation of selecting a new pastor. So that we talked about forgiveness. We told my wife and I, we said, that we talked about and do you know our spirits I'm just amazed to see how God works with people and through people and sometimes we put more attention on other things than we do ourselves and to people that who have a positive mind and what you talked about is what I talked with them yesterday about And it's just amazing to sit here and listen to that and see God operate in a fashion that come in agreement because he said when two or three come together in agreement. And I couldn't do no more just agree with everything you were saying. Say amen, church. Sometimes we focus on other things really being personalized with that moment. And allow God to use people to speak to you. And so I'm so grateful and so thankful. And I want you all to pray for me. My attention was more on the church in terms of that's just a husband and wife. And you all know what I'm talking about. 
And my wife was so concerned about my retirement and spending time with her because all my focus was on the church. And so I'm going to ask all of you all prayers for me and the next pastor. I talked to Elijah. I say, well, one of y'all brothers need to come and see can they get Calvary. Say amen. Because <laughs> they'll be in good hands. And so I want you to just raise your hands and stand on your feet. Come on, let's help me if you can, Holy Ghost. And the message was so wonderful, being whole, spiritually, physically, mentally, and financially. God, there's one thing that God can't do. He can't lie. He said he's not a man that he should lie, not a son of man that he should repent. Whatever he's spoken to your heart today that Nathaniel spoke to you all, it will not fail because he cannot lie. Father, we thank you for the power and the anointing in this house. We thank you for the love and the positive thinking and foundation that you have placed in this altar, in this pulpit. We thank you for the joy of life. And we realize that there's nothing that we can ask of you that you have not already made provisions for. And there's nothing that you can tell us that you have not already told us. So Lord, thank you. And we bless your holy name. Now unto him that who is able to keep us from falling. May his grace and the communion of his sweet Holy Spirit may it rest, rule, and abide with us henceforth now and forevermore in every believer said amen, amen, and amen. You are listening to brothersoftheword.com. This was part six of the series titled The Reluctant King by Nathaniel Bronner. This message is number 5930. That's 5930 to listen to thousands of free messages or to send this message number 5930 to a friend. Go to brothersoftheword.com. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to help support this ministry, go to IWantToGive.com. That's IWantToGive.com. Listen to brothersoftheword.com often because, brother, you need the word. Brothers of the Word.